Warning, content not suitable for children. Listener discretion advised, yo. Screaming Chewy Show, your source of entertainment and overall fuckery. And the show starts now. Hey everyone, quick message from Tucson's Rising Phoenix Fitness and Defense. Help treat anxiety and depression with martial arts training and education. Develop the confidence, skills, and fitness you need to stay safe. Our focus is real-world self-defense tactics, practical and effective for everyone. You can find them at 4500 East Speedway Boulevard, number 4. Tucson AZ 85712 or you can call them at 520-838-1592. They are open from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. So hit them up. Learn martial arts, very therapeutic, and you can learn to kick ass and kick depression's ass as well. So um hit them up. <laughs> everyone welcome back to another exciting episode of screaming tree show i'd like to welcome special guest michael stein how you doing michael i'm doing well man i love i love the name of your show i love you screaming chewy it just rolls right off the tongue i love to say it thanks man i appreciate it bro and uh i love the mic by the way i got the same mic <laughs> oh yeah the uh roadcaster is that what this is i think mm-hmm. that's what it is road mics us as podcasters, you know, we, we, we fall in love with these little toys. I, I love this mic though. That's, that's awesome. So, so you, why, why the screaming Chewy show? Why screaming? Well, are you, are you a, are you a hyper guy? Was, were you screaming one night and said, that's what you call your podcast homes? Screaming Chewy. You know, How sometimes, <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, uh, hold on really quick. Uh, airplanes going by. You're right, probably right. I mean, the mic has a uh, noise canceling, huh? You sound great. I can't hear. I can't hear airplanes uh, over you at all, dude. Aren't these mics like so heavy compared to other mics? Uh, I, yeah, man. This thing's hooked up to a, like a like a piece of machinery. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's uh, it. Uh, I guess the bigger the mic, the, uh, the 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 bigger the ego. I don't know. The bigger the mic, the better the quality. I hope so. Yeah, I had another stand for another mic. And I hooked this mic up to it. It just fucking slumped over. It was so heavy. So I'm like, yeah, I guess I have to buy another stand. <laughs> what kind of mic you got there? Same one? Uh-huh. Yep. Same I don't, one. I don't see your video, man. Oh, yeah. My bad. I got a nephew running around. Right. I'm babysitting today. Oh, okay. You don't want to. You don't want to. 
You don't want them after you to be on screen. Yeah, I had to go tell him go watch cartoons because he's like, hey, can I can I use your computer? Because he wants to play Roblox. I'm like, no, Theo's huh? working right now. Yeah, yeah. All those kids I want to play Roblox is like, what the fuck is wrong with my computer now? It's like shit. And last time I was like, a kid play that because that's what always happens when you played Roblox and Minecraft and all that shit. Your computer gets jacked up. Right. Yep. So tell me about yourself, man. Well, I do a podcast called Long Shot Leaders. And the reason why I do a podcast is because I'm kind of a long shot. You know, we tell these stories of underdogs who found success, right? So I, I, my grandmother escaped the Russian concentration camps on the way to America. My dad was a homeless New York street kid and became a multimillionaire only to be a homeless person again. I was born premature into a crazy family, had all kinds of problems. I was put in a special needs school. I had ADHD and they don't know what it was back then. And I had dyslexia and health issues. And the only success I really had was like making people laugh, you know? So then uh, one day I saw like most American kids, I saw the movie Rocky and I was super inspired. So here's a guy like me. He's funny. He's kind of dumb, but you know, he's like, you know, he doesn't succeed, but he keeps on trying. He said, the only difference in this dude myself is that he's physically fit. So I became physically fit. I became every day since then I was like, that was my thing. And then, you know, by the time I was 16, I was a physical fitness trainer. And I said, well, if I could do that, then I I'll start doing stand-up comedy. So I started doing stand-up comedy. And then I said, I could do that. I'll be an entrepreneur. And then I failed miserably like the day after I graduated high school. But then six months later, I did. Uh, I became the number one nightclub pro- nightclub promoter in Los Angeles because I started doing stand up and I brought people to the stand up plays. I said I could do that with nightclubs. So I, I I had a big career in LA nightclubs. We could talk about. And then I said if I could do that, I could do my lifelong dream, which was to be a stand up comedian, an actor, and an entrepreneur. And I had a long roller coaster ride career of filmmaking, acting, and stand up comedy. And when it came, almost got close to a movie deal in Hollywood after I did an award-winning short film. And then I said, I want to make my own film because no one's, you know, after the deal went through, I said, no one's going to make me do this, but I was broken in debt. So then I decided I'm going to start my own company again. I'm not going to do nightclubs. I'm going to do uh, an internet company because this was like in 2000 when the internet was still young. And within the six months to make the movie I wanted to make, I made a half a million dollars in my business. So I made a, uh, another film feature-length film with Faye Dunaway, Andy Dick, and Coolio. I found myself like acting, directing, writing, producing, and acting across Faye Dunaway, two-time Academy Award winner. And, and then I, after that whole ordeal, that movie didn't make any money. It did decently at film festivals. And I just said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to build my business. Since the business has made $100 million over that, and I decided if I was ever going to do a podcast, it would be about somebody that's gone, had an up and down career, been an underdog, somebody that's not supposed to succeed, had to overcome large obstacles to find success. And that's why I'm here with you today. Man, you've been through a lot, bro. Wow. That's, no, that's nothing, man. I mean, there's, there's a lot of shit. There's a lot of stuff. You could ask me anything you want, and I'll tell you some, some crazy stuff. But if you want, there's a you know, I'm, I'm just an open vessel of dysfunctionality. So whatever you want to talk about, you got it. Dude, you're very inspirational, bro. I mean, it sounds like, I mean, you've had a lot of downs, but you had a lot of ups. Like you don't give up. Dude, you don't have a choice because I'm not hireable. I was, I was like, you know, I, I, even when I did well, I was just talking about this the other day with my daughter, you know, who's like a great student, but you know, kids get insecure, right? I was, I, since I had 
you know, some success, but I was still a bad student. I barely graduated high school, but I wanted to be an entrepreneur because my dad never finished eighth grade. So I'm like, bro, you became a multimillionaire. If you can do that and still, and barely finish eighth grade. And I saw him being homeless. I was like, well, I graduated high school. I could do just, I could do better than you did. Right. So, but still like my first acting class, I remember doing really well. And the teacher, he was in a movie with Pacino one time. And he's like, He's like, so tell me how you did that. That was impressive. And I couldn't articulate. You know, I, I, I was like, yo, I was like, yeah, I was like, kind of like, yeah, yeah. You know, like, like, like everything's like, he's like, you know, it's amazing. He looks at the class, he looks at me and says, it's amazing how many few words we communicate in the English language. And he said that in front of me in the class. And I went from doing great, you know, like in the scene, in the monologue that I did to like feeling like a shit. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, I have to do something to fight this, this, you know, all that slow years of being a bad student. So I, I invested in, you know, uh, books, uh, books on uh, audio tapes on like, you know, language, English language, and everything's been like that, you know, and I learned a long time ago that when you suck at something or you're, you, you might have an obstacle, you might not, you might be a slow learner. You just need to like drudge it through and find the value in that. And that's how I'd have done is it's, it's just time plus effort. And that's it. And I just, you just can't give up. You got to be stubborn. And that's all it is, man. Just keep firing and you'll find your talent, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Take disadvantages, turn it to advantages. If your dad brings a prostitute to your bar mitzvah, write about it in a joke. You know, <laughs> you can have fun with things. You don't have to make it miserable. That sounds if like a fun bar mitzvah. If your brother smuggles grass in his ass crack to your wedding and your best friend gets an fight at your wedding and your sister gets in a fight at your wedding have fun with it enjoy the process <laughs> it's the little things right i mean yeah i mean if, you're, if your gay uncle shoots and kills himself i mean that's not there's nothing funny about that but i say that to say look you can't you know you, you try to like really find the drama and then you write about it you know and and you know we're, we're fast tracking like you know i can't, can't go in the details like whoa how did that happen really look man I can tell you something like my first acting role, you might want to know this. My first acting role was playing Dirt Diggler in the Dirt Diggler story, which became Boogie Nights. And I, I appear in there as well. My dad, the, the Burt Reynolds character is loosely based on my dad. So I grew up with a father that had like famous Hollywood orgy parties. And I'd walk into like strange people at his house. And, you know, I was like, was there something going on here last night? You know, you feel something there. You know, even when I'm a 12 year old, you know, that's not right. You know, so because then my parents were divorced, you know, and you just, you just know that these things, like in, you're embarrassed when you're younger, but as you get older, look, you got two choices, you know, you could either look at it like, oh, woe is me, or you can make fun of it. You could learn how to, you could use it. What can I learn from this? What's great about this? There's nothing great about, you know, that situation, but you make the best out of what you got and you learn from it. You ask yourself empowering questions. And that's all I've done my whole life since I started to kind of learn how to make things work for me. The first thing was, was like, look, I'm not a smart kid. When I was a kid, people make fun of me. So might as well make fun of myself and Eminem that shit before they get to me. And I'll just make fun of myself. And then I made friends that way and kind of worked itself out. Smart. So I also got the ADHD. So if I act a little discursive today, that, that shit doesn't go away. You just learn how to work with it a little bit. You bring, you know, you got a, you got a laid back podcast. So I'm able to like, let it all hang out. Hey man. I, I dig it, bro. I mean, you know, you sound like very, you sound like a very interesting individual. And 
you know, you're smart. You're fucking hilarious, too. I mean, I'm sure you did very well in your comedy as well. First time I did stand-up comedy, it was like a 26-minute set. It really should have been four minutes, but that's what you do when you're younger. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> so um, 1986, I was 19 years old in Sino, California. It was freaking awesome. Great time to do stand-up comedy. You know, I had that cheesy checkered jacket. I actually got a picture of it, you know. And I used to do stand-up like, you know, every, you know, four years, I'd do a stint of like, you know, just, go, you know, balls out, balls in and do stand-up comedy. And uh, I've had a relationship with it my whole life, you know, and recently I just decided to do stand-up comedy again. And, you know, that's like something that was like your, my first success because, you know, when you're not good at anything and then you finally find a little bit of success in something, you really, you know, and they say people with ADHD have hyper-focus. I hyper-focused on making people laugh. That's all I did just for years, you know, and I'm not an intentionally funny person because now I, you know, like my podcast is like drama. It's not, it's not. Once in a while, we'll get a comedian. And I'll I'll open up, but you know, most comedians to get serious about it are serious people that had tragic shit or you know challenging shit happen to them to where they needed to learn how to you know survive with that. So they they made fun of it, they made fun of themselves, or they made fun of other people to get over those things. Yeah, like they say, comedy comes from pain. It does, man. It, the comedy, the negative denominator, is what makes a joke. It's a sh it's an assumption, a shattered assumption, and in between the those two thoughts is a negative denominator. It's a negative thing that you're talking about. Damn, man, I, I love how your show brings that side of it. You know. Yeah, you know, uh, when you know the show, I, I I knew I had to do something that was like about who you are, right? Because you write who you are when you do stand up, you talk about who you are. So when I did the when I said I'm gonna do this podcast, but how am I going to interview people? And I said, you know what? Because I've written like eight screenplays and I said, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. However, I write those screenplays is how I'm going to ask questions. So I go back and I don't know any other way. You know, you stay in your lane. You don't try to fuck around with shit you don't know about. You know, you stay in your lane. And I, I ask people, you know, about their life in the trajectory of how you would write a film. So, you know, I asked what was one of your major wants when you're nine or 10 years old? What was inhibiting your want? What's the character's flaw? You know, what was the inciting incident to their life? You know, what was the downfall? You know, how did they come out of that? You know, what's the new equilibrium they have at the end? Kind of like Forrest Gump, right? That's a great arc. Forrest Gump couldn't talk, right. couldn't walk. You know, then he runs around the country and in the end of it, he's philosophizing at Jenny's grave. That's some heavy duty arc. Do the same thing in the podcast. Yeah, that's some deep stuff. I didn't think about Forrest Gump that way. <laughs> yeah, man. It's like, that's just, but you start to look at every film like that. After you write, you know, some films, you're like, man, look at, and then there's the, there's the other end, right? That's the, 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 par the character ends on a high peak. The character ends on a low peak. It's like, you know, Nicholson's driving up to that resort with his family, right? And shining. And you're like, hey, maybe he's going to be okay. He's going to be a good dad. And it's like, no, man, the guy ends up freezing to death and like amazed because he's fucked up. <laughs> and uh, screenwriting, did that come easy to you as well? As, you know, like comedy? Fuck no. Well, comedy. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the, what came easy to me is understanding human psychology because I came heavily involved in personal development because you want to know, you know, there's so many <laughs> you can either like, you know, not deal with it or deal with it. So I was like, what the hell is wrong with me? I, I felt as a square peg my whole life. So you start to study human psychology. It always fascinated me. So by the time I started writing screenplays, I studied, you know, you know, you talk about your personal life and stand up comedy. I start acting, you start studying human emotion. Then you start studying psychology to understand more about 
yourself, not just because as a person, but also as an actor, as a performer. By the time I started writing screenplays, I took everything from that that I learned as from stand-up and acting and 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 all the things that you know were challenging and all your inadequacies. And then you start to write that in a screenplay. That part was easy. Dialogue was so easy. What's hard about screenplay writing, which is like a chess game, screen screenwriting is like playing chess. You you have to know every new game. There's so many variations on how to write the structure. The structure of it is easy. Chess is easy to understand the concept. You know, you got to get the queen. You know, you, gotta, you know, there's certain moves, but how you get there is a whole chess game, and that's what that that was the hard part. You know, um, the easy part is you know dialogue, especially when you're a person like me that talks in their head all the time. Hey, that's good, man. You know, talking in your head that's a good that's a good sign, man. I mean, that means you're really smart. You know, out of that interaction going on there, you know, as long as you don't argue with yourself. <laughs> Right. No shit. Yeah. Sometimes you do though. You know, it's like, they say like that, you know, like, I don't know. I find myself constantly talking about, do you talk to yourself a lot? I do. I actually do. Especially if I fuck up, I'll be like, you fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> right. Right. Well, you know, that's what you do, you know, but, but here's the thing, you know, from a personal development standpoint, right. You want to be able to ask yourself empowering questions. Cause the knee jerk reaction is, is like, oh, you're a fucking idiot, bro. And why'd you do that? Why'd you say that? Those are all questions that will lead you to disaster. They're not going to do shit for you. I mean, you maybe ask yourself that for like 10 seconds, but then the rest of your life at living after that issue, you want to ask yourself, what can I learn from this? What was great about that? Was he right? Was I being you know, wrong? Maybe what can I, what can I do better next time? You know, those are, those are like, you know, it's like the, there's a race car analogy. I always talk about personal development on my show. It's like, they tell race car drivers when you're spinning out of control and you're headed towards that wall, don't look to the wall. Immediately look into the direction you want to go to, go to, and your hands will automatically start to go in that direction first. Your eyeballs are faster than your hands. Look to where you want to go first, and then you'll follow. So that's questions are very important. And that's what you got to ask yourself the right questions if you want to kind of fast track, you know, to get to a better place. Dude, I love that. Wow. That's, that's, that's crazy, man. You just blew my mind. Dude, that's a simple analogy. When I first heard that, I didn't make it up. When I first heard that shit, I was like, that makes sense to me. You know, these little stories kind of make sense. Man, my first comedy teacher, he, he got me into NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, which is like what Tony Robbins came from. And I was 19 years old when I started going to him. And that's what really kind of set me like, whoa, man, that, that he would tell these Zen stories. Guy Greg Dean has been on the podcast. He's like the number one comedy. Growing up in LA, I was able to study with some great people. Number one comedy coach on the planet. And he would talk about these Zen stories. And he's also did, he was also an NLP practitioner. And I would hear these stories. Whenever you hear a good story and it has a good message behind it, man, it's, it's like it sticks you with you forever. And it actually just kind of, you know, that's why, you know, people listen to podcasts now because you hear these stories about the lesson rather than just saying, read a book and here's the bullet points on how to do it. Dude, Tony Robbins is amazing. Um, it's funny you mentioned that. Yeah. Um, like last week, like he, he, he's been popping up on my Facebook feed a lot. I don't know. It's about the algorithm. Yeah. But I seen one of his clips, this guy in his audience was saying he wants to commit suicide. And Tony Robbins came down from the stage and he started talking to him and like, man, Tony Robbins, like I got all emotional. I was all drunk too. I'm like, oh my God, I love you, Tony. Like, 
Tony, that, that's some great. Yeah, let me tell you, I've done every seminar he's ever done. I don't know if maybe he's done some new ones in the past. It's been about 10 years since I've done it, but I've been to everything. I've been to his resort in, in Fiji and Namali. I've done everything, right? And I will see, I've seen him do that shit live. I've met, I met the guy a couple of times and he is the Tom Brady. He's the Michael Jordan of the personal development world. I mean, there's great guys throughout history, Zig Ziglar and you know, Wayne Dyer and all that. But Robbins is like, he's in his own lane, you know, and all these guys will tell you, at least the guys that are saying the truth are like, when it comes to that space, that personal development, those, those guys that speak on, you know, the, the, you know, the, when they meet in the same circles, they're like, there's everybody here. And then Robbins is like, kind of like right up there, kind of like Tom Brady. I mean, who could, what quarterback can you compare to Tom Brady? Right. <laughs> For real. Same, same shit. Yeah, he's um yeah, Tony Robbins. Wow, dude, he he blew me away. And I, I had seen him before when I like when I was younger, but it didn't catch my attention until now. Like I really listened to what he was saying. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, man, I I got a great story about how I started studying that guy. Is that I had a girlfriend, and she I love this girl, but we, she was younger. You know, we had to break up. She broke up with me. I was heartbroken. She's such a cool girl. Um, she called and said, you know what? You want to get Tony Robbins. To, I said, why would I do that? And her dad was friends with Tony Robbins. They're like one of the best friends. Her dad's I'll name drop here. Her, her name was Elizabeth Goober and her dad was Peter Goober, like one of the most powerful men in Hollywood at the time. And I was like, you want me to get, you know, anything this girl would have told me to do, you know, I, I trusted her, you know, she was a classy girl and I was just still in love with her. I was like, sure, I'll get it. Whatever it was back then was he was the guy with the big teeth on the infomercial with the cassette tapes. You know, remember that was like old, you know, 1990. I get that shit. I listened to it for 30 days straight. I came out of there like fire. I like plan this big LA nightclub event. Like I had 4,000 people. I was on fire. And then like six months later, I was like fizzled out again. I was like, what the hell happened? And that was like the, you know, that's how personal development is. People think like, oh, you just get a trajectory and everything's better after that. And that's not true. I had a long relationship of up and down of personal development. It's like working out. You just don't work out like one time or several times and you're done. It's like, you got to work at it all the time. And then afterwards, you, you know, you're, you're fit, you know, and you maintain that. And that's kind of like the same shit. That's a good way to put it. Um, I like to think of like a video game, like you have to like level up your experience and then you level up. And it don't get easier because the enemies level up too, you know? <laughs> and, right. and so it, it gets harder and harder, but you got to work up to it, you know? So it like doesn't seem as hard maybe. <laughs> it's true. You know what? In a great way, you know, that video game analogy is perfect. And I'll give you another uh, personal development guy analogy, which is the same thing with the video game. Because if you walk away from that video game and you come back two months later, you're like, you kind of, you're not down where you were before, but you kind of suck again and you got to build yourself back up and muscle memory will take its place. You get back in there and your twit speed response for the game will be good and you'll be beating people again, but everybody else has gotten good, you know? So Zig Ziglar, man, great old school personal development guy. He says, there's this pump, right? An old school water pump. from like, you know, you've seen like movies from the twenties or whatever. They go up to that pump and you start pumping that water and you can't see the pipe, but the water starts rising up in that, in that pipe, right? A lot of people give up just before like there ain't no water in here. And then they give up and the water was just about to overflow and pay off. And that's what, and that's how it is when you give up 
and you're like, oh, this doesn't work. And the water goes all the way back down again. It doesn't go back fast, but it goes back slowly. So if you keep on pumping, you'll get some credit there, you know, but it's like same kind of thing with video games. Wow. Very true, man. You know, because if you give up, it's all that hard work for what, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You, you lose a step, you know, it's like you got to maintain it just like exercising or anything, you know? Man, I love this. Um, you know, psychology always interested me as well. I never studied it. I mean, I just been lazy, <laughs> but yeah, you know what freaks me out? You watch the news and so many times people are saying, well, why do you think you did that, John? Or I don't know, Kathy, you know, why do you? And they're always, it's like, dude, I know exactly why people do it. People do things for six reasons. It's called six human need psychology. They do things for certainty, uncertainty, significance, love, contribution, and growth. The bar is open. Sit back, grab a cold one, and get ready for the news you didn't even know you needed. From the frozen wasteland of western North Dakota to the tropical playground of Florida, it's time for tales of wonder and amazement. Put the kids to bed and pour yourself a drink. Lock the doors and close the blinds. Break out the cocaine and hookers. It's time for Happy Hour News. The Universe of Every Religion and None. Written by Roderick Edwards. Narrated by John Ashton Nickerson. Roderick Edwards is the author of books as varied as a fictional account of a person living in a deserted world to an autobiography about his adoption and reunion to this book about the universe. Find out more at RoderickE.com. That's it. That's why now there's negative vehicles and positive vehicles on how you could attain that emotion, but that's why people do those things. Now, if people start to break that down, you know, and use that as a base. That's what blew my mind too. That's another kind of like personal development, Tony Robbins thing, like six human needs psychology. That's why people do what they do. Once you start to learn that shit, you don't get as angry. People's like, oh, bro's just trying to like, you know, do that because he's trying to get significance, but it's a negative vehicle. But we all try to get that, you know, Mother Teresa found significance through, you know, contribution, you know? So everybody's trying to get the same shit. It's they're just trying to go about different ways. Wow. That's that's deep, man. That's so that's better understanding of people's behavior. Yeah, you know, I think about that shit all the time. Ever since I learned that, I think about human need psychology. Like, why did I do that? Why was I bragging there? Why did I have to drop that name? Well, I guess I want a little significance. Do you always have to get that? Is there a different way? Was that a little too much? You know, then you, then you let yourself off the hook. You talk to yourself, right? That inner dialogue. Mm. I'm always asking about, you know, why did somebody else do that? Why did I do that? And I always six the, the human need psychology. And I said, was that a good vehicle for them or a negative vehicle on how they're trying to attain that, you know? And yeah, it goes deeper than that, but you know, that's, that's the basis. And, you know, um, talking about the inner dialogue, I read this. Some people don't have that. I'm like, how could they function? Like, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't know anybody that doesn't have that. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Like, that's so weird. 
I'm sure there's somebody out there that maybe has a condition where they can't have inner dialogue, but all inner dialogue is, is that now somebody might be more talkative to themselves and others than others. But I don't know anybody that doesn't, doesn't have something that they question that they have a thought where they don't question themselves on something. Mm -hmm. Or like, how do you read a book? You know, like, (laughs) right. I mean, you must have inner dialogue because in order to say the next word out of your mouth, your body, your mind has to have a message to say it. So that's a thought. And a thought is, you know, in a very archaic form of inner dialogue. So you get somebody, everybody's got like, maybe they just, they have a spark of, they might be weak in inner dialogue. I mean, you and I sound like guys that like constantly talk to ourselves, but mm-hmm. people, I think most people do, but some people that don't, there's a lot of people don't have, you know, they don't talk as much. I think they have a spark and they just need to like do it more often to get better at it. Nice. They need to level up. <laughs> yeah, man. If you know, you want to like, I, but then people don't, you have to force these things. You say, is there value in that for me? Do I really think I'm going to gain something out of that? Is there enough carrot and stick for me to want to do that thing? And um, that's the thing, you know, I, I, for, I, I don't, I don't force it anymore because it's something that I'm attracted to, but like with anything, you know, whether it's video games or stand-up comedy or making a movie or whatever, you know, you just, you're, you're constantly forcing yourself in situations like Bro, when you did a podcast for the first time, it was a bitch, right? Yeah, yo, for real, for sure, dude. I mean, it's it's intense, but you just drudge it through because you're like, oh, it's gonna be so great. You got this vision in your head, you know. I'm gonna connect with people. I'm gonna connect with guys like Chewy. We're gonna talk about, you know, our life. It's gonna that's what we're gonna get connection. And then, then after a while, after repetition, it becomes easier. You find shortcuts. You get familiar with it. It becomes sub. It becomes unconscious competence at that point. Now it's just working on overdrive the same way when you drive home and you know, you're like 10 minutes from your house. You're not thinking about where you're going. You're on auto drive. You're just driving home. You don't have to think about, Oh, do I have to make a left here? Right there. And that's how this podcast is. That's how gaming is. That's how everything else is. If you do it enough. That's very true. Um, when I was first doing this and I did my first episode solo, I was so nervous and I felt so weird. I'm like, I'm fucking talking to myself here. Like is anybody even going to listen but but now it's so easy doing it i just pretend like i'm talking to somebody you know well you are and right now hello everybody we're talking this is wonderful i mean look man we come from a day and age where you know we can never be do this shit now we're talking to like you know how many of you people you got i'm going to share this my audience too you know and we're talking it's it's wonderful i mean I mean, not to be Pollyanna about it, but it's like, where, where in the, how do we never fucking could do this in the eighties. I mean, this is amazing. <laughs> That's true, man. Now it's, we just use zoom. Like it's so easy now. Yeah. We act like it's not a big deal. This is freaking awesome to like connect to people, uh, you know, and I, I'll speak on behalf of you and your, your listeners, Chewy and myself are super grateful for anybody listening to our shit right now. It's wonderful to connect to people, and that is a big human need is connection and hello. That's very true, man. You, that's on point right there, you know, because um, I ever since I was little, I always loved creating like I love drawing, painting, and I, uh, I like storytelling. And, you know, when I found podcasting, that was, this is an amazing creative outlet. You know, and then when people tell me I get feedback, they're like, hey, I love this episode. Hey, I love your show. Like, it just feels so good. I'm like, yeah, man. I mean, it's it's awesome. Look, you know, 
you know, once again, you know, I constantly think about this. I'm a very cerebral person, so forgive me, but like, what, are, what out of a podcast, what are people getting out of, they're, 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 they meet it, there's the six human need psychology, the reasons why people do what they do. Well, one, they get connection. Two, they feel like they're growing because they're learning something. Three, they feel like, you know, you're loving the audience and you're, you know, you let them know, you know, and, and, and they're getting that, right? There's a level of like, also when they drive to work, they kind of go through the same thing every day. There's a comfort level. That's part of security. That's the certainty that they get. When I drive to work, I'm going to turn on that show or I'm driving home. I'm going to listen to that. Whatever you're damn, you're doing, you know, throughout your week, you're going to go to that podcast certain time or whatever TV show or movie, you know, you, you go to those things to gain connection. And that's what the beautiful thing about podcasts is, is that people are starting to raise their consciousness level, not just for podcasting, but also all kinds of forms of like social networking. They're blurring the lines and bringing people in. And people think TikTok is like weak. And that's like, you know, it's just mushes, returns your brain to mush. That's bullshit. I mean, all this stuff, bringing people together. I still encourage people to go one-on-one -on -one out there in the world and meet people personally. But it's like, all this is raising everybody's consciousness level, making, you know, society a little bit more smarter about why people do what they do and understanding of each other. That's very true. I used to hate on TikTok. I'm like, ah, that's for kids. You're just going to dance. But like, then I made a TikTok and like, yeah, there's like, you know, a lot of people dancing, but there's some hilarious stuff on there. Very informational stuff. Like I learned a lot of crazy shit on there and it's just all over the place. It's amazing. Think about it. You can scroll up and fast track every 15 seconds and learn stupid shit, intelligent shit, how to cook shit, all kinds of stuff that you would never be able to learn before. You're just scrolling and you're fast tracking information. We're literally like Neo in the matrix, grabbing those, those, uh, those uh, microchips and learning how to do Kung Fu fast tracking. There's, and it's amazing because it's gone from long form on YouTube. And now even with TikTok, you know, you, you can get your long form there or you can get your fast track, you know, short form on, on, on TikTok. And it's just incredible on how the information and how much we can get, you know, at such a fast succession. Dude, that's so true. Like when I go on TikTok, sometimes I'll just get like sucked into it because I just keep scrolling. You just flipping through them and like they're so interesting. I'm like, oh, shit, like there's a conspiracy. Oh, shit, there's a dude in Iraq shooting somebody, here. you know, oh, damn, there's a you know, life hack, you know, or how to fix your vehicle easier or, you know, how to make mac and cheese in five <laughs> minutes. You know? Well, that th there's an interesting thing about TikTok uh, and, you know, and Facebook who owns Instagram, they're doing the same thing, but it's, it's amazing how addictive TikTok is and how they built that algorithm to get you to continually watch and then feed you and the algorithm, how it's built. Now, it doesn't have to be a bad thing, but it could be, you need to be cognitive and say, look, I'm aware of this. I'm aware that I'm getting caught, caught in, you know, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta be disciplined about it. You gotta make sure that, you know, if you're watching too much whacked out shit, you know, you know, use your, use your intelligence. Okay. I don't want my subconscious recording too much of this shit. Realize that it's, you know, when you see something and you know, it's unhealthy for you, tell yourself, talk to yourself and say, okay, I know this is unhealthy for me. I'm going to watch something that's cool now you know, to get that out of my head or whatever, you know, you got to kind of realize because some, especially with kids, they watch that shit for hours. They don't get anything accomplished other than watching TikTok, and they get depressed because they, even if you go outside and you sweep up the backyard, 
even a menial task, your brain tells you that you just accomplished something and that, and you'll feel better about yourself. And, and that's the problem with some kind of social. If you get stuck there for too long, you're like, I didn't do shit. Now I'm depressed. That's why. Yeah. Or, you know, I got friends that, you know, they're real pretty, but they're like, Oh, I'm going to get lipo Brazilian butt lift. You know, they want all these procedures. And I'm like, why you don't need it. And I'm like, I know why. Cause you've been watching TikTok. you know, all these hot chicks, you know, in bikinis, skimpy clothing, dancing. I'm like, you've been watching TikTok, and now you're getting that idea in your head that that's attractive and you're not, you know? Yeah, that shit's been around for years. I used to use, like get GQ magazine when I was like in high school. I was like, man, look at that guy. Look how tall he is. Like how good looking he is and shit. You know, I bet even like people were watching like Marilyn Monroe and like, you know, movies back in the 50s. Like, well, look at her, you know? And it's like, I think that's been, you know, cave women probably looked at other cave women and said, well, she's got, you know, a, a man with a bigger rock than my man or something, you know, he's <laughs> just been going on forever, you know, but mm-hmm. now it's fast tracked. Now you can see all kinds of data. So whatever it is, it, it's magnified, you know? So if you want to, if you feel good about, it, you feel like you learned something, I'm going to just, you know, grab this content. You know, if you're the kind of person that thinks that way automatically, it's going to magnify that, that emotion in you because you could see everything like in a millisecond. Yup. And then people seeing other people's social media, you know, like they only post the happy stuff. So, oh, you know, this guy, this person is on vacation. Oh, they just got married, this and that. And people like they don't feel like they're accomplishing as much as these other people on social media. And I'm like, yo, dude, just focus on yourself. Do your own, you know, do your life. Focus, you know, and you'll be you'll be good. Well, you know, that's an interesting subject right there. That's what we talk about on my podcast recently because we talk about people that overcome large obstacles and find success. And that's the thing right there. All these gurus and all these people, they built the whole career on talking about, you know, well, I, I messed up with it. It's always the same shit. I had challenges back then. And I don't do this shit. You know, I have challenges back there and I overcame them and everything's been hunky-dory. Now, here's the thing. I will admit, I mean, I have less problems than I did the first half of my life, you know, because you learn from those. Hopefully you do. But if I have a problem that I, that's just occurred, I'll bring it up because you're not doing any. And, and people, people love that. People want to hear the problems that, that people, so-called successful people have. And you know what? It's okay to give that shit up. Give it up because you're giving a service. All the, and then you know what? They realize, holy crap, that's that's real. And the other person that, you know, never talks about that, they realize how fake that is. And, and that's what's happening right now, especially on a podcast right now. That's a, that's a new wave of shit to where people then say, look, I am successful, but here's, here's something that happened just yesterday and I screwed up and that's okay. And you guys don't do the same mistake. It doesn't mean that I'm not successful. It just means I'm, you know, this screwed up and Everybody's like that. It's okay. So I think it's a transparency. uh, We're just talking today on a podcast about transparency and how that's the new, you're going to start to see a lot more companies and a lot more, you know, people that run that company that are going to bring their whole life to the forefront of that brand. And that's going to be the, how, how companies are going to be run. Like a lot of these companies were like, I wonder who owns that thing. It's like, you're going to know because they're going to bring themselves out in the forefront and transparency and all the, all the inadequacies of that people are going to be front and center and it's going to be okay. As long as they continue to be overall successful. Yeah. You know, that transparency, there's, there's something more comforting about that, you know, instead of like going to a workplace and like, they don't want to tell you anything like, 
It's like, what are you guys up to? What's going on here? Right, right, man. I'm telling you, all, all kinds of like, you know, things are going to be changing in the workplace, especially when people are going to, there's a little bit more bravery now that people are working remote too, you know? So you're going to start seeing people open up more. I think you're going to see that, you know, uh, uh, we're going to look back about 10 years from now. It's like, why was that such a big deal that that, that person talked about that or that, that person, you know, uh, you know, talked about failure, you know, it's like, it's going to be like, yeah, everybody talks about their failures now. And that, that's, that's, what's going to be happening with, um, with, uh, you know, and you got to be careful, you know, like even, even with like publicly traded companies, you know, it, the, the, the information will be doled out, you know, in a careful way. Cause you know, if you, if you like, but look at, look at what's up, what's his name? Um, Elon Musk, dude smoked pot on Rogan's podcast and he's a publicly traded company. Yeah, that's true. It would never happen 20 years ago. But that's going to start happening more often. That's true. Uh, if they did that like 20 years ago, man, they would have lost so much in the stock, you know, like people would stop investing. Oh, God, it would have crumbled. Like Tesla would have been like folded. Now everybody's like, yeah, you go, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, they, they, well, they, he got some pullback. But he's like, he's like, look, this is what this is the way he explained it. I don't think that, you know, he said, look, this is the way I run my company, you know, and and then they looked at all the other factors and said, look, nobody's perfect. You, that's that's what's bullshit. It's a, you know, that's what shocked everybody is like for so many years is you have to pull off and say, well, yeah, I'm perfect. And this is the way that's run. And you got to have this image and no one could possibly live up to that, you know, and then and that's also not good for you eternally. You know, you're not going to be the best performer. So when you hit a problem, which everybody does then it gives you a, a pass to say look that was wrong you admit it to yourself you admit it to others now you have a place of growth now you can move on you know with success you know from that point can't do that when you're hiding it to yourself and others yeah you know like i used to think of elon musk like oh he's just a rich billionaire you know and, but then i saw this like a clip of this documentary about him you know he he's autistic he got picked on he got bullied when he was little and he went through a lot of shit. I'm like, damn, man, that's, that, this dude's accomplished a lot. You know, there. That's the, that's the thing. You know, I, I, anybody's listening to me, I will tell you something right now. And I, I, I think my days are of, of, of monetary success are just starting. I, I, I'm gonna be like Kentucky Fried Chicken this shit because I'm gonna, you know, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm like a 21 year startup with the, you know, I've, I've said my company. I told you how much my company's made, overmade, but you know what? just getting started. But here's the thing. I am just, I, I am perfectly imperfect, just like everybody else. Anybody, anybody, it, it can be a billionaire. It, it's just time. You just need to time plus effort plus knowledge plus, you know, adjustment. Okay. And then everybody's got 24 hours in the day plus a little bit of luck, but you got to work hard to put yourself in lucky situations. So all these billionaires, you know, they, the self-made, you know, I mean, even if, I don't think there's anybody as like, you know, even if they had a little seed money, but there's, they, they don't have a magic panacea. They just went through, you know, certain scenarios and then put themselves in lucky situations. Everybody is listening here. That is a possibility. Chewy, you might do something tomorrow. It might blow you up and then you might have the foresight to then leverage that to something bigger and bigger. And then you get like, you know, Uber like intense on it because you found, you know, you're, you're able to sink your teeth into that and just keep on building upon that success. And that's totally 
doable and feasible. It depends on what you want to do, though. Next thing you know, bro, we'll have a billionaire smoking a joint in our podcast. That's when you know you're made. <laughs> that's right. Well, we already got Musk that's already proven, you know, done that, you know, and I think we're going to see a lot of other crazy things, you know, but we, what we consider crazy now, as far as, you know, like um, that, you know, we're going to see a lot. And things are starting to hit critical mass as far as all the change that we're dealing with, you know, in the, in, in the past, you know, couple of years. And I think, yeah. you know, once you have that much change and critical mass going on at one point, shit's just going to keep on, you know, expand, you know, expand, you know, exponentially, you know, compounding with each other. So I think we're going to receive real exciting, you know, changes, you know, even faster. You're right, man. Everything's like escalating. It's getting crazy. <laughs> It's cool, but you know, I mean, that's just, it's always been that way. You know, I mean, the Wright brothers, you know, with the airplane, it's like, you know, and then cars, and it's like, oh, the 20th century, well, how are they ever going to top that? It's like, well, <laughs> surprise, <laughs> you know, 21st century is already like cut out to be like super intense and like, you know, things are changing so fast. I mean, uh, you know, like the, who thought they would come out with like the, the you know, the a vaccine so quick or whatever they're doing now, I, you know, I don't want to say anything that's too political, you know, but, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing how, on how fast things are growing and uh, it's exciting. Yeah. It seems like technology and everything is just like exploding right now. Yeah. And it's just going to keep on getting faster. Awesome, man. And, um, man, you're, you're so inspirational, bro. I love it, man. Oh, I could talk to you all day. Oh, thank you, man. No, I appreciate it, man. I, I just love doing this. Uh, you know, I, when I heard your show, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to have fun talking to this dude. You know, I get to be laid back because our show is like, you know, like drama and I'm the facade. I, I don't do much talking. You know, I'm trying to, you know, pick and choose the time where I could push their story along. But when I heard your show, I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. And, and that's what it's all about, man. You know, I, I, you know, you know, this is this is therapy. You know, every Friday I do, I, I get to, you know, like uh, I dedicate Fridays to this and then and uh, this is just super fun. I'm glad you're having me on here. Yeah, thanks, man. And so where can my listeners find your show? Just go to longshotleaders.com. Uh, that's where all my social stuff is. You can reach out to me. If anybody has a story, I don't care. It doesn't have to be monetary. It doesn't have to be anything. We've interviewed all kinds of people. If you've got a long shot story, you're in a, if you consider yourself, you were an underdog and you found success. Man, I've talked to Holocaust survivors, Academy Award winners. I've talked to people, sports heroes. I've talked to people that like, I talked to one guy had like a nomad land situation. He was homeless since he was 12 to 24. And then he just found himself, you know, with a manager job, you know, but he was so homeless for so long. I was like, that's the arc. That's a success story for someone who was homeless for so long and then find, you know, comfort. And he just bought a house. That's the kind of, any kind of story of somebody was, you know, true, you know, obstacles, but then they found success you know, uh, spiritual, monetary, you know, physical, any kind of success. Let us know on the show that just go to the contact page, contact me, uh, and longshotleaders.com. Want to hear about your story. And that, that's why I do this. Uh, we don't monetize our show. I don't think we ever will. And, um, I don't, maybe who knows, but you know, I, I just want to hear from people and, and tell their stories real, real good. people. I love it, man. And um, just keep doing what you're doing, man. It's fucking amazing. Well, you're fucking amazing. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. You keep in touch and uh, I look forward to, you know, hearing more about you and uh, continue our friendship. Yeah, for sure, man. You know, anytime you're welcome back anytime, bro. I mean, I'm pretty sure we could talk, talk about anything mm -hmm. and everything like all day, bro. <laughs> Why not? Well, you know, life's too freaking short. Let's, let's, you know, 
how, you know, that the basis of my show when I, I said, look, you know, I wanted to be, there's a, there's a great movie called Broadway, Danny Rose with Woody Allen. And there's a bunch of comedians sitting at Carnegie Deli, which is an old deli that just closed down a couple of years ago. It's been around for like 75, 80 years, Carnegie Deli in New York. And these old comedians are talking about this guy, Danny Rose, and they're just having a great talk. It's probably like two o'clock in the morning and they're, they're laughing, they're telling stories. I mean that, you know, the only thing better would be to have a podcast with a bunch of food around and like a, a group of guys. That's probably, who knows, maybe that's the next show, but it's like nothing better than, you know, sitting at a table, talking to a group of people about stories and sharing their experiences. That's the shit. Bro, you got it on point right there, man. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Chewy, the Screaming Chewy Show. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you for coming on, Michael. I appreciate it, bro. Thank you. You have a good one. Too. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. And if you'd like to support this podcast, check out anchor.fm slash screamingchewy gmail.com. Any contribution is greatly appreciated and that makes you my producer. If not, that's cool. I'm just happy you're tuning in. And hey, Screaming Chewy Show merch. Yeah, that's right. At teespring.com. Just Google teespring, T-E-E spring, Screaming Chewy Show. Just Google that. It'll take you right there. And uh, yeah, you could buy hoodies, t-shirts, socks, masks, you know, if there's any stuff you'd like to see on there or purchase, just let me know and I'll add it on. And uh, yeah, you'll be rocking, styling, social media. Don't forget to follow me on there on Facebook, Screaming Chewy Show. I like to share memes, just make up stupid shit, share my episodes on there and just whatever. Um, Check out my YouTube for video versions of my podcast episodes also in between episodes i like to add me streaming yeah watch me get scared playing a creepy game or die playing PUBG or some shit you know what i mean and uh yeah just check out my youtube and uh twitter it's at Ch- screaming chewy yeah not screaming chewy show i should change it to that but for now it's just screaming chewy and uh thanks again for tuning in see you next week peace